Hello, how you doing? Welcome to season two, episode 24. This is the penultimate episode of season two of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I'm Charlotte Jones. As always, I hope you've had a lovely week, whatever you've been getting up to. Now, normally I sit here and I chit chat with you about my week and what I've been up to, but I am so excited to share this week's episode with you. This week, I spoke with the fabulous Amy J. Amy J is a singer-songwriter that was born with moving stories that were ready to be heard. After honing her artistic skills studying music and dance at university, she set off to pursue her dream of adding production to her acoustic tracks. Amy focuses on feeling, intention, lyrics and storytelling through her music. Taking inspiration from Alanis Morissette, Dermot Kennedy and Lana Del Rey, she uses emotional themes within her lyrics to convey feelings listeners can relate to. Having released four singles with an EP on the way, Amy J is ready to take the world by storm. So as you can imagine from that introduction, Amy is very well qualified to talk about what we were chatting about, which was all around the differences between men and women in the music industry. So singers and songwriters and how they are portrayed very differently when it comes to singing and writing about their love life and using their relationships and their breakups and any difficult experiences that they have been through as a way of creating music. So let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Welcome, Amy Johnson. Hello, how are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. I've got this super cold that everybody seems to have at the moment, but other than that, I'm all good. I don't, I, I'm, I'm good. I had that a few weeks ago, and I'm luckily on the other side, so I feel for you. I hope, I hope you get oh, better soon. Because I can't wait to be on the other side. I thought I was, but turns out no it's absolutely mad I remember my my fingers were hurting like I couldn't really explain it I was trying to type on the computer they were just aching everything ached so much and I was like it's it's like your blood vessels were like swelling up or something (laughs) I don't know I'm trying to do science but I I don't know (laughs) okay well thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me today because this is something I'm really fascinated about this podcast focus Mm. on grief and relationships and any issues to do with that and Mm -hmm. I was speaking with my brother because he worked on a music video with you and then he said to reach out and speak to you because you focus a lot of your music around breakups and your love life so Mm -hmm. just before I start chatting away anymore tell us about who you are what you do and what led you to become an independent singer-songwriter so basically yeah I'm a independent singer-songwriter so that just means I'm not with a label or anything and which obviously it's quite common now actually a lot of people are releasing kind of independently so that's what I'm doing so I do all my kind of music myself and get it out through distributors and stuff so there's no label there but yeah in terms of how I kind of got here I started writing songs when I was actually really young so I I wrote my first song when I was about five and it was the cringiest thing you can imagine like it was (laughs) My mum and dad fully sat down and were like, is our child okay? Like, why is she writing depressing songs? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, started then. And then, you know, I didn't really play many, like, I didn't play instruments particularly young. So they're mostly just little songs I couldn't really do anything with. And then when I got to school, I got really into, like, musical theatre. Um, so the dream was to be kind of on the West End. And then that kind of slowly developed into, I realised I was more into the music side of it. Um, and then I thought, oh, actually, I've you know been writing songs for a while, and now I kind of have this musical knowledge from 
my GCSEs, my A-levels from learning instruments, from having voice lessons and stuff, like maybe I could actually do something with this. And then I was at university and we had a lot of like songwriting assignments and stuff like that. I took songwriting as a module, so ended up doing loads of songwriting, just getting better at it. And then it was kind of a couple of years after that, I was working a, no offence, boring job in insurance. (laughs) And I was sat at my desk and just thought, why am I not making music? And I was like, oh, I don't know how, I don't know anything about recording. I don't know who I would even get to record it. And I was like, these are just such pointless excuses, like, just get it done. So I did. <laughs> well, I really admire that because it is really hard. That first step of that, you said, you've, you've got an idea, you know there's something you want to do and the thought of not knowing where to start, but you will always find a way. So well done yeah. for that. And Thank you. <laughs> you said, and as I mentioned briefly in the introduction, that a lot of your inspiration for your music comes down to breakups and difficult situations in your relationships. How mm-hmm. has this helped you to deal with and process those difficult times in your life? I feel like it's it's helped a lot, but in different ways. So it's almost like every different song that I've written about has kind of helped in a different way. So for some of them, I remember Ricochet, I wrote literally, I think two days after the breakup. So it was really, really fresh. And that one helped just in a way of like, just trying to untangle what exactly I was thinking or, you know, what was happening. I wasn't sure at that point if I was going to kind of go back and try again or what was going to happen. So that was the way of me kind of figuring out, actually, no, I don't think I should be going back. So it was through writing that song that song that I kind of came to the realisation like, okay, this no, this isn't working. I've kind of gone back and forth on it, but writing this song now, I kind of realise that it's definitely a no. Um, and then other songs, like my most recent song that came out a couple of weeks ago called Unashamed, that one I wrote like a year after the breakup because the breakup was so, so messy that it took me that long to even be able to like write about it. Um, so that one kind of helped in a way of like closure more mm-hmm. than figuring it out it was more like okay this is closure but I think an interesting thing as well is that people obviously songs like any kind of art like they they stay exactly as they are so you know people will listen to the same songs in like five years time but you kind of forget that the person who wrote them isn't in that same place anymore yes so you know it's people especially when you write like say an angry breakup song or a really sad breakup song people just kind of get it in their heads that you still feel that way about it but it could have been years ago you could have like moved on you could be dating someone else but obviously that's always going to be like memorialized within that song or that piece of art that's so true I've never thought about that before the fact that especially with like a music video you watch it and if the music video is portraying a lot of anger about a situation that's Mm -hmm. how we will remember it and I want to go back to what you were saying because that's a really interesting point about how it helped you make a decision because I think with a lot Mm -hmm. of art and creativity that can help people like you say with closure so you know a situation's ended and it helps you process the situation but I thought Mm -hmm. it was really interesting what you said about it helped you work out what you actually wanted to do when you were going back and forth how do you think that helped you make that decision I think I was just kind of there and I I think the main thing is is that when I go through a situation like that especially like a breakup and I want to write about it I don't write about it with the intent of releasing it I write about it just to kind of get out my system so that one I was kind of there and I was like you know it was kind of my decision to end the relationship but it wasn't necessarily because I wanted to it was because I wasn't quite getting what I wanted from the other person so I kind of was going through the thing of like oh you know maybe if I waited around they would get it together a bit or you know maybe I should walk away and I just didn't really know what to do and I thought I just need to get this out 
I need to, I'm not going to make a decision right now, I just need to get this out, I need to sing about it, write about it, untangle it, and then as I was finishing the song, I was listening back to it and like reading it back, like listening to the voice recording, whatever, and I was like, that is my answer, like I've literally listened back to that now and I've realised everything I'm saying in this song is like, you can't give me what I need, and I was like, I have to, I have to listen to that, like I've literally put that down on paper and now I'm reading it back from a different perspective, I'm realising how clear it is that like, this is not going to work and it's not even what I want. I think that is fascinating because you see so much people talking about journaling. So if you're Mm -hmm. going through a bit of a transition and you're not sure where to go, they say write it out. And I think that's incredible that that has helped you make a decision and do what's generally right for you and what your gut's telling you to do. Yeah, it's so weird how that works. I've tried journaling and I just I I get too carried away and I write too much and I focus too much on the writing of it rather than the like catharsis part of it. But when I'm songwriting, it's the complete opposite. I don't care if it sounds good. I'm like, no, this just needs to, this needs to come out. It's really weird how that works. I suppose it's just because you're a creative person and using that outlet. And I have to say, when I created this podcast, it was when Mm. I was going through a huge transition because I was going through divorce. And although Mm. it's different to music, it's you're creating your content and you're planning out what you're going to say. And I found it hugely therapeutic. So I completely understand what you're saying with that. Yeah, there's something, there's honestly something so powerful. Like you can think things in your head all the time, but there's something so powerful about getting it out in the world, not even Mm. necessarily in the world, but just getting it out onto another medium and there's just there's something to be said about creativity being able to being able to explore your own emotions through creativity because there's so many things that I don't think I would have realized if I wasn't a writer or a songwriter because I'm a kind of like a writer outside of songwriting as well and I just I don't know how else I would express those thoughts like I, I know how trapped in my own head I would be if I didn't have that outlet. I completely agree and thank you for being so open because it is it is a brave thing to do and it leads me nicely on to the sort of area that I want to move into which Mm -hmm. is most songs we hear we know they're inspired by love romance breakups tragedy they always have Mm -hmm. been but it's very interesting when you look at how a man will sing or write about a breakup when it comes to music compared to a woman they're portrayed very differently have you got any particular examples of what we see in the mainstream media of singer songwriters where you can see this coming out well actually I wrote quite a lot in my dissertation for you for university about this so I have so much to say on this topic (laughs) yeah so I kind of my dissertation was around like women in pop music and stuff like that and it was once I kind of it kind of took a slightly different turn once I started researching it and I was like oh my god like I can't believe some of these things that were actually said so um, one of the case studies I did was Alanis Morissette, who's one of my favourite singer-songwriters on the planet, my favourite artist. <laughs> and she is obviously, I don't know how well you know her kind of music, but she is very much known for being like aggressively honest. Like she, she literally took her songs from her diary entries when she was like really depressed. Like she literally takes them from that and it's so, she's so like searingly honest. And um, when her album Jagged Little Pill came out it was kind of crucified people really went for it you know like they were like oh you know it's good musically but like on the front of I think it I don't know if I'm correct on this but I think it was the Rolling Stone they literally said she needs to f off and get some sort of life because she was talking about her breakups and they were like oh she's going on and on about her breakups like doesn't she have anything else to talk about doesn't she have a life like she needs to get a life like and stuff like that and then the same 
magazine, whatever it was, Rolling Stone, whatever it was, uh, a week later, they had a male singer-songwriter on the cover and they were praising him for his, like, searing vulnerability and his honesty and how he can be so open with his feelings after a breakup and how, how like, wonderful medical that is. And I was just looking at it like, are you kidding me? What is it about women that gets up people's guards about hysterical women the second that women show any kind of passionate emotion that's not positive. Like, what is that? It makes me so angry because I think that is so brave. I didn't know that about Alicia... Sorry, I can't even pronounce her name now. Alicia (laughs) Morissette. She's she's got a tricky name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the fact that that is something that is so personal, and you'll know yourself, when you're taking something that is so close to you and you're putting it out there, although it is so therapeutic, it's also hugely vulnerable and can be absolutely terrifying. Terrifying. And to do it on such a public platform, and it will help so many other people as well as being a creative outlet for her. To have it completely tarnished like that, I think that's absolutely disgusting. It's horrible. And then the worst part is, is that, that that album then became one of the best-selling albums of all time. And then, you know, years down the line, it was praised and it was, you know, wonderful. And it was like they just pretended that they'd never treated her like that. It was awful. It was really so- horrible. <laughs> It, I've, I, I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm gonna look it up actually because I, I've, I'm learning a lot about this kind of. Well, it's misogyny, isn't it? Really, mm-hmm. and yeah. how it is portrayed so differently. Even, and it blows my mind that we're in 2021 and we're still having these sorts of conversations. And I some, know it's crazy. Something you said to me when we were talking before the interview was the Taylor Swift effect, and I mm. was really intrigued by this because, obviously, I know Taylor Swift's music. Again, I, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about her specifically and I know that she talks a lot about her breakups I know that Mm -hmm. I've seen her in the press with with different boyfriends and how it's been portrayed and the only thing that I know a little bit more lately is things through social media like TikTok where people Mm -hmm. have put snippets of her in interviews and I thought she was brilliant the way that she owns the way she's been portrayed because of her songs and I found myself over the last month or so saving these videos because again Mm -hmm. it was just connecting dots bit by bit and I thought it's so true she's got great music we really enjoy it but we look at her as bitter and angry and as using men for her music but Mm -hmm. I can't think of a man that's ever been described in the same way exactly that's literally so true that's exactly it and like I literally saw a tweet a couple of weeks ago or months ago whatever it was and it literally said I thought that I didn't like Taylor Swift but it turns out it was just internalized misogyny and it was literally a woman saying this and I sat there and I was like I didn't used to like Taylor Swift why is it that I like her now and I was like because I realized like that it's okay to like her like why is it such a why is it such a guilty pleasure to like her music and it's because she got such a reputation for being so whiny and so obsessed and needy and she can't keep a man and she you know she's kicking off about everyone she's dating everyone and breaking up with them and she's using them to get songs out of and stuff like that and like I let all of that get to me like I didn't consciously think it but it just Mm. kind of tarnished her her reputation pardon the pun because that's literally the name of her album but (laughs) it, it actually worked in a way that even from such a distance from people that thought that it still managed to get into my brain and I'm a singer songwriter who writes about relationships and it still managed to get into my brain so like it's crazy it's terrifying how easily it happens yeah and just just things like I you know I started to notice more things as I kind of got older and I looked into this stuff and especially like with my dissertation and stuff like that but I realized that whenever singer song especially female singer songwriters are kind of mentioned in the press or online social media like reviews stuff like that they always seem to focus on who they're talking about so going back again to Alanis Morissette she has written quite a lot of songs about a situation in which she was groomed when she was younger by an older uh, man in the music industry. And 
so many of re reviews from when that came out and even since have just been people literally trying to guess who it is. So even though she's telling this horrible story about something that happened to her, people are still going, yeah, but where's the man fit into this? What, who's the man? And people are always cracking jokes about, you know, who is she talking about? There's so many articles like, we think we know who Alanis was talking about. And same with, same with Taylor Swift. You know, people doing timelines of her relationships and then trying to match them up to which songs they are and it's kind of like what does it matter it's very interesting because actually obviously Adele's new singles come out recently mm. or coming out and I saw again I saw a clip of her being shared where I think it was Jonathan Ross interviewed her mm -hmm. and said about do you write about every ex that you're with and she made a joke but she said no there's one ex that I know would absolutely love me to write mm. about a song about him and I won't <laughs> but again thinking about this I, I can't think of a time I've seen the same clips with men singer songwriters coming up where they're asked specifically in the same way in such a personal way I think Harry Styles comes to mind because obviously he's mm. dated a lot of famous women but they ask yeah. him in a more jokey light-hearted fun way and he's not probed as much yeah it's not I've, as personal. Never, I've never seen him be asked to name names or anything specific you know I've heard people say you know like oh you were dating this person but that's never usually linked to his music that will just be like a general interview Yes, exactly. You know, they're not already talking about his music. They don't turn around and go, oh, so you've got this new song coming out. Who's it about? Whereas I've seen them do that with women straight away. I mean, going back to yourself now, have you ever experienced being treated differently in the music industry because of the fact that you are so open about personal experiences in your life? Not necessarily, not outwardly, but I've definitely noticed it in people's kind of what they've said and people's body language. I think... It's mostly just because I'm so new to the industry, like as a, as a releasing artist. So I don't think I've had a chance to hit that yet. But right. I've definitely noticed kind of, you know, people that, you know, when you get those people in your life that you kind of know them, but you don't know them, know them. They're sort of like acquaintances. And like yes. they've sort of said, oh, you know, you make music. That's really cool. And I've always felt a little bit guarded to, to show them it. They've been like, oh, what's your, you know, what's your Spotify? Can I have a look? And I'm always a bit nervous to do that if they don't know me because I'm scared that the the impression they'll get of me is that I'm super bitter or I'm super whiny or I'm all these horrible things that women are called when they're you know just honest about men who have treated them like garbage like <laughs> yeah and I'm kind of scared to show them that stuff because I'm like I want you to know me first so you know that this isn't how I am all the time whereas you know if I was writing songs about twirling around in the trees or whatever I wouldn't necessarily be scared to show people my music in case they thought I was a hippie all the time you know like it's it's, it's such a stigma. I, it's, I was going to say, complete. it's a complete stigma in the sense that if you were singing about something that is... It's good fun, uh, like you said, airy-fairy, but if you're mm -hmm. singing about something that has genuine meaning and actually has depth to it, the fact that there's stigma around people being open about who they are or what they've been through, it actually yeah. blows my mind that it is still there. And I think social media has created an outlet where... People can be so much more open now. However, yeah. it, I don't think it's changed the stigma very much. I mean, what do you think could be done to start to really sort of even out this, I suppose you call it the playing field? So people are singer-songwriters such as yourself, you'd be described in a similar way. I really, I really wish I knew how. I do, I do think it's getting better. It doesn't seem like it is because social media makes it so easy for people to comment straight away you know like people have an opinion and immediately that opinion is put out there so artists can see and hear a lot more directly what people think and that's sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing right but in terms of what could be done to level up I think it starts smaller than people think so I think just you know supporting 
women women's stories that are in your life you know even regardless how well you know you know if a woman says something to you and she's being open and vulnerable with you and it's something that's maybe a bit traumatic or it's that someone's treated her badly you know don't throw it away with the oh yeah you know all men do that you know I've been you know I've had bad breakups you know like listen to people like there might be more to it than you think there is so I think firstly just kind of ask listen don't feel the need to sometimes people do that thing where they kind of really want to show someone that they're listening and they're connecting so they make it all about themselves and I think sometimes you need to give people the space to just talk and also I I would also say just try not to focus so much on the personal life like I've literally had people say to me I love your new song like is it about this person like people I don't know that well and things like that and I'm like it shouldn't matter I you wouldn't have popped up to me and congratulated me on my song it's just that you want to know who it is and it's kind of you know I know it's hard to get sucked into the celebrity culture and you know especially with social media you get sucked into you see relationships and then all of a sudden the two people don't post pictures together anymore they don't openly talk to each other anymore they're not following each other anymore and it's easy to get sucked into that thing but I would say when it comes to music and songwriters you know support female singer songwriters share their work believe their stories listen to them and that's not to say that they shouldn't male singer songwriters shouldn't also be celebrated because men they have their own issues in society it's really hard for men to be open and vulnerable without a stigma there as well it's just a different stigma so I think just treat both as you would treat the other you know what I think is really interesting in what you were saying there about listening is it's so ironic because I think it shows how important it is to have people like you that are brave enough to share share your experiences through your music it could be uncomfortable for somebody to listen because like you said it, it might make someone feel as if they want to be able to relate to you as a way of a comfort or they mm-hmm. don't know how to deal with a more in-depth situation and listen to a more in-depth situation which I think shows just how important it is if if we could become more comfortable with people being more in-depth more vulnerable more open then Mm -hmm. I think that could potentially start to help with some of the stigma because if we relaxed around it and we weren't so uptight and uncomfortable to listen to people telling their story especially women then again some of this sort of where we want to push it away because we Mm -hmm. don't really know how to deal with it I don't think it would happen so much yeah, exactly. And just things like being more open with mental health and stuff like that. Like I literally had a converse- conversation today with people that I barely even know and it just came up about therapy and these people were just so openly like, yeah, I'm in therapy. And I was like, oh my God, so am I. But I feel like that's not the kind of thing I can just say to people because people get really weird about it. And I don't know why that weird. Like I Do don't you... know why that's there. Well, you saying that just, I literally had a conversation with somebody yesterday about the exact same thing, but I've had counselling on and off, uh, not mm-hmm. so much in the last recently, but in my early 20s, so around 10 years ago. And yeah. I've got to the point where I am very comfortable of bringing that up. If someone brings it up and they seem a bit awkward, I'll always say, oh, no, I know what you mean. And, and, I can, and I'm completely yeah. relaxed with that. So going back to you now, would you think that over the years and the more the more music you've written and the more music you've produced are you becoming more comfortable with being vulnerable and putting your your experiences out there through your music yeah I think so I mean it's a weird one so the the previous songs that I'd released were all pretty much all sad and I feel like I've realized that I'm more comfortable expressing sadness than I am expressing anger and I think that comes from 
the stereotype of the angry woman you don't ever want to be seen as bitter to be sad is fine because people to simplify it maybe oversimplify it people will see you more as a victim and they won't criticize you whereas if you go for the you know balls to the wall ragey woman that's that's going to be critiqued and my most recent song was very much that and I was more nervous about that song than I was about any of my others even though the others were arguably more personal because they were sad and they were about my feelings and you know this that and the other but this one this one really scared me to release which is the first time I've had that because it was so it was personal but it was also like scathing and angry and I was like I don't want people to think that this is what I'm like as a person like I don't know if people will will be able to take this with a pinch of salt and realize that I wrote this at a very emotionally charged time and I didn't even feel like that the next day or the next week but you know, to write a great song, it needs to be authentic and it needs to be real and it needs to be, it needs to have something behind it. Exactly. So. And do you find, did you find, sorry, that when you released this compared to your previous music, the, the response was different because of it being angry? Do you know what? Actually, no, the response was just, it was just a lot better than the other ones, you know, like the other ones, I think, attracted more people to kind of share their stories with me if that makes sense I had more mm -hmm. messages saying like this really hit a sore spot like this is what happened to me this song really reminded me of that like thank you so much like stuff like that I didn't get as many messages like that from people this time because I think people are also scared of that stigma to be like yes I'm also very angry and bitter and this song has helped me get through those feelings so I think yeah I could I could I could tell by, you know, the stats and the numbers and, you know, people's interactions with it, the song, the song has done much better than the other ones. But I think in terms of encouraging people to open up, I think still there's more to be done there with that kind of angry stereotype, I think. Yes, I agree. Um, I actually interviewed somebody this year, uh, Georgia Holiday, and she was mm -hmm. reading a book all around women's anger and she mm. was sharing pages about it. And it's basically how you can use women's anger for, for positive movement in the world, like for so many things. And I think it's just yeah. automatically portrayed, like you said, as negative and bitter. And I think that sometimes we can be so scared of like you said you were scared of coming across as you didn't want to be the bitter woman that that mm -hmm. actually affected the way you were you were producing your work because you were trying to make sure that you weren't coming across a certain way and I think that's so frustrating because I don't like you said men do have they have other stigmas to work their way around but with things like that I do feel that in that sense they can probably express themselves a bit more freely they're not yeah, judged for their anger are they a hundred percent angry an angry man in a punk rock band is seen as mm. sexy and edgy and cool and yes. always kick the microphone stand over like what a badass a woman does that and you're like this woman is unhinged like someone take her away <laughs> it's mad I, and it's absolutely mad because there is no difference there is no difference there isn't at all and th i think the thing is is that people can see easily see men as multi more multifaceted as they can women women can't be angry and also sweet whereas men can be oh he's a sweetheart he's got a bit of a temper when he's on stage he you know he's got this like crazy personality but off stage he's lovely whereas a woman you'd be like she she's on stage screaming she's unhinged like back backstage and on stage this woman is unhinged do you think the more awareness you get around these kind of stigmas and the way that these sort of things are portrayed actually helps or hinders because the more that i've researched in the last couple of years the more angry i've become and then mm -hmm. i feel like that could add to the angry woman stigma i guess because of the exactly. way i might speak about certain things are you ever aware of that for yourself 
Uh, oh, that's tricky. Um, usually <laughs> when I when I'm writing stuff, it's so in the moment and it's so authentic, whatever. That's not usually when it gets in my head. It's usually right. after I've written it, I'll come back to review it the next day. And when I kind of think to myself, oh, this is a really, you know, I really like this song. I actually want to record it. When I take it to the stage where I'm like, I want to take this somewhere. I want this to be recorded. I want to work on this with people. That's when I start thinking to myself, do I need to reel some of these lyrics in? Do I need to make this more manageable and bite-sized for people to kind of digest like is this too personal is this gonna alienate people am I just being dramatic and stuff like that and then I think I sit and think well of course I'm dramatic like that's literally how I'm I'm literally an artist like of course this is dramatic like it's being a storyteller there's a difference between being over dramatic and being a good storyteller it's not fabricating things it's literally telling something in a compelling way that is completely true everybody forgets as well that Every single human being will have a dramatic moment. It's just that they're not being as open to share that with the world. They might do it in their bedroom. They might do it in the car when they're driving to work. Everybody has those moments and they need to express it. And I I find it, it just baffles me, like you said, that people play into that it seems so alien. But I think it's alien because people don't know how to express it publicly themselves. So when they come across somebody that does, they don't know what to do with it. And that's, you know, not to sound, I hate that I'm doing this. I was just about to say not to sound bitter or like, maybe I want to sound bitter. I'm going to sound bitter. (laughs) But when people say to me like, oh, you know, you've, I can see that people kind of have that look in their eye of like, oh, I like your new song. It's very, mm." and I can see that they're doing that thing where they're looking me up and down and being like, "Mm, you're a very angry, bitter person, whatever. And I'm stood there and I'm thinking, but I got that on my system. I feel so much better. I've been so much happier since I wrote that song. How are you doing? You strike me as someone who is not talked about your emotions since you were about six years old like how are you doing like I'm good how are you doing like oh my god that's so true I'm like I look like the bitter one because I've got this really angry song about my ex moving on I look like the bitter one but at the end of the day I've processed that and I've done it publicly very publicly so to me I'm kind of untouchable now like that situation can't hurt me anymore because I've literally written a song about it that however many people have heard so I'm like well that can't make me sad anymore now I've done that Whereas, you know, people critiquing that, I'm like, what are you doing with your feelings? Where are you putting them? Because it's very they need easy to go somewhere. People. Exactly. And it's very easy for people to shove it under the carpet and judge people for doing the things that they want to be able to do, but they don't know how. Exactly. That's the thing. It's so easy to shame someone for being an oversharer or being too much or being yes. too honest or whatever. But at the end of the day, those people, I think those people are brave. It's brave to be like that. I mean, obviously, it's more natural for some people than others to kind of openly talk about stuff and I've always found it really easy to openly talk about stuff I kind of don't have that embarrassment gene I mean if you'd met my mother you'd understand <laughs> <laughs> she not an ounce of embarrassment in that woman's body at all so I kind of grew up in a situation where it was like just speak your mind so but even you know even for me it's still hard to know that sometimes I'll sit and think oh my gosh like I've written songs about people what if they've heard them oh no what if they hate me and I'm like well if you didn't want me to write a song about it, you shouldn't have done it. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, do you know what? Again, for this podcast, I completely agree. I'm just, I've had so many moments where I'm using it as a way of, I would like people to be able to listen to every episode I do and they could use one thing that will help them moving forward. So if me yeah. being able to share an experience in the politest way that I can will mm-hmm. help others that's great but I I have definitely had slack for it for being personal and being open and it's really oh, made really? me conflicted and I'm like but I it's not like I'm sitting here Nate like you said I don't name people it's not like an open and it 
it blows my no, mind. See, that it, makes me that makes me so angry. It makes me so angry that it even crosses your mind to dull your shine because it's blinding someone else. That really that angers me. And all, when all you're doing is explaining something also that happened, and like you said, if you yeah. don't want that being out there, don't behave in that way, and then it There's can't a, be out there. Yeah, well, this is what I had to tell myself when my new song was coming out, and it was about to get to midnight, and I was having an uh, internal meltdown. I was like, oh my god, this song is like packed with rage. Like, what if this person hears it? What if that person hears it? Like, oh my god, like. Blah, blah. And I just sat and thought, I was like, I'm literally just, I'm stating facts. I'm stating facts. You can't, you can't argue with facts. Like, you know, obviously there's some emotion around it, but what I'm saying is not untrue. Yes. Like, <laughs> Thank you so much. I've, do you know what? I've really enjoyed talking to you because I'd never heard of the Taylor Swift effect. And when I think about it, I, I'm cross at myself, like you said, for falling into those categories with different women and different artists yeah. over the years the, the second I realised that the reason I didn't like Taylor Swift was because of internalised misogyny I literally love her now and I'm like this is exactly the kind of music that I love and that I want to make so why was there such a barrier like why <laughs> because it's the way that we're conditioned and she I, I what I love about the way that she speaks now is she's managed to build her own barrier where she will continue regardless and I think yeah. that's incredible and well she en- yeah she ended up using it as inspiration so she said you know the press were always saying I'm with this guy and then that guy and I'd break up with that guy and then get with that guy and it was like there was all this overlap she was like none of that was true but I started to write from that perspective because I thought what an interesting character that they've created for me like I want to write as if I'm her because she sounds wild she sounds insane I really want to like channel her and that's exactly what she did and how clever is that to be able to do that she's an incredibly talented woman yeah to be able to be like these people have made me out to be a monster i'm gonna write like a monster like i couldn't do that i'd be like they think i'm a monster i better reel it back a bit she was like fine i'm a monster cool (laughs) (laughs) what three things would you like your younger self to know when it comes to using your love life and your personal experiences to create your music oh i would say not to look back on things and cringe just because you don't feel them anymore because I like to I kind of pride myself on being really authentic with what I write I won't write a song unless it's a direct experience like I I don't have as much inspiration to write unless something is happening that I need to write about so it's easy to look back on things from years ago and be like oh that's so cringy just because like you know I've written love songs about people and I've looked back and been like, oh, that, that's so cringy. I don't like them anymore. Like, oh, that's so extra. Like, that's so soppy. Like, ugh. But I look back and I'm like, that's literally how I felt. And I will feel like that again about someone else. And I'll listen to that song and be like, this song relates. This song still works for... And again, just another thing, it's, it's not about who the person is that's inspired it because it should... You should be able to relate it to various different things. Some of them, I hope, are not relatable for different situations because some things I hope only happen once. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and just, yeah, not not to worry about who's listening to those songs because it doesn't matter. They're going to listen to it once, you know, they're going to feel however they feel about it and then they're going to move on with their life. And, you know, that song might have dug me out of a really hard time. So that's more important than what someone who didn't treat me very well thinks about it. Completely. And what one bit of inspiration would you take from um, ladies like Taylor Swift, uh, Alyssa, I'm going to say it wrong again, aren't I? Alyssa, <laughs> Alanis. Alanis Morissette. Um, what, what, what do you take away from them? That one thing that you would like to use in your career? Just to honestly keep, just keep going. Like keep it as real. <laughs> keep it real. Sorry, I don't fucking <laughs> Keep it, keep it as real as possible, and just don't let it. Don't let it get to you. And if anything, just use it as fuel and use it as inspiration. Because, you know, as people did with 
Alanis years later when they realised that she was actually a genius and the mm -hmm. same as Taylor Swift now, you know, she's her popularity really dipped and she lost a lot of fans and she's built it back up, she's reinvented herself, she's got, you know, all these people back, you know, back enjoying her, appreciating her. You just you've just gotta wait it out, you know, people's opinions will go up and down and sometimes people can't handle people that are really honest, but it always comes back round and there'll always be those people that do appreciate appreciate you being honest and those are the people people that you want to talk to. I don't want to, I don't want people listening to my songs who don't appreciate them like authentically, you know, not saying that they have to have experienced exactly what I'm singing about to listen to it, but I'd like them to connect with it in some way. So oh, I they would need to agree. be fairly honest themselves, I think. I think, and I, uh, I just think that's a really great answer. So thank you so much. Where can we find you on social media? And if to find your music, where can we find you? Oh, wow. I feel like it's everywhere at this point. Um, so <laughs> Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, Tidal, SoundCloud, all of those. Basically any music streaming platform, Amy J. So it's A-M-I-E-J-A-Y. Um, and then same for Instagram. It's Amy J Music. Twitter. Um, I think if you just type in Amy J again. TikTok, Amy J underscore. Basically, if you just put in Amy J anywhere, I should come up. And lots of my socials are kind of linked so if you find one you should be able to find the others so yeah hit me up well, definitely thank you so much i've really enjoyed speaking with you thank you it's honestly been so nice i've loved it and i also love your podcast just saying big fan oh, oh my gosh thank you <laughs> <laughs>